1: welcome to switched on pop i'm musicologist nate sloan and i'm so excited to welcome our special guest today as you know my usual co-host charlie harding is out on parental leave he's out there taking care of theo otis good for him And we have an amazing substitute today. It's Sam Sanders. Welcome, Sam. Thanks for having me. Sam, you're the host of It's Been a Minute with Sam Sanders, the wonderful NPR podcast that covers culture and society. And you are also, if I may dare to say, a music nerd. Oh, my God. Yeah. In fact, the last time we talked, I learned that you studied music in college. I did. I was a double major Uh at the University of the Incarnate
2: Word in political science and music composition. Wow. My Instrument saxophone, and I will say you will never hear those compositions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> saxophone, are we talking alto, tenor, oh, soprano? I all started
2: out alto, went through all of them. I landed with tenor because that just has that just feels the most like a oh, yeah, that's a saxophone yeah, solo, yeah. you know.
1: <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more, and we're going to call on that expertise okay. a little later. Expertise in the show is a word <laughs> because. This is a new format for us that I'm really excited about. We did it once uh, over the summer where we have listeners call in and tell us what they're listening to, Mm -hmm. and then we get to go through this kind of Rolodex of new pop tracks. It's so much fun. I love it. It's like my favorite way to learn about new music. Uh, Our listeners are incredibly intelligent and I assume very attractive. So (laughs) we'll uh, hear from some of them about what they're listening to, listen to some of the tracks that they're digging on, and it should be a lot of fun. Let's dive right in. This first selection Mm -hmm. is from Amanda C.
3: Hi, Swiss Jump Pop. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. My new favorite release is Really Don't Like You by Tove Lowe and Kylie Minogue. Kylie is one of my favorite pop artists, and her and Tove Lowe sounded like a crazy, wonderful pairing. So I was in from the start. It's got a great synth beat and the lyrics are fantastically honest, even though, as she said, they break the code. I feel like you can really hear that Tovlo's Lo's new album was recorded in both L.A. and Sweden because it really has both of those sounds to me.
1: Let's take a listen to Really Don't Like You by Tovlo Lo and Kylie Minogue.
2: It's like this halftime bounce yeah. situation. It's one of those songs where you can dance slow to it if you want to mm-hmm. or dance fast to it if you want <laughs> That's to. Cool. Yeah,
1: there's two, kind of two different temporal levels yeah. going on here. And I, it's smooth it's smooth. All right. So we're we're into this. We like the the smooth kind of temporal shifts and I think that chorus is really catchy. Yeah. I really don't like you. You look prettier than I do. <laughs> That's a sentiment I think we can all relate uh, to. Yeah.
2: Well, it is this kind of dance floor confessional mm. that we have talked about before. Yes. In Robin's Dancing on My Dancing Own. Dancing on my own. Like this heartfelt pouring
1: out of your emotion on the dance floor, that kind of song will always get me. Yeah. And you know, as the listener Amanda C pointed out, perhaps That's an innately Swedish kind of sentiment. (laughs) Robin and Tovlo, both being from Sweden. Kylie Minogue. She never left. I love it. All right. Fun. This is a great start. Let's move on to uh, another listener, Melanie C. No relation, I presume. She is calling in to talk about Camila Cabello's track, Liar.
4: I can't stop listening to Camila Cabello's Liar. Mm -hmm. It's a super catchy song, makes me want to dance, and I hate dancing. (laughs) It has these great flamenco and Latin beats, which I'm really into, and I love listening to it when I go for a run. It's super upbeat, and it makes me want to run and keep on going.
1: Let's listen to Liar by Camila Cabello. I
3: don't care. It didn't happen
1: We're dancing in the studio a little bit right now. <laughs> the chorus gives me a little bit of Ace of Base. Ace of Base. All That She Whoa, Wants. Oh yes! Yeah. All that she
3: wants is another baby. She's gone tomorrow, boy. All that she wants is another baby.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Camilla. Okay, yeah. I ship it. Okay, so I, I want to zoom in on that. like. The song starts. It sounds like this it has this clear Latin influence. As we move into the pre-chorus, you can even hear a clave beat in mm-hmm. the background. dot 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 dot
3: dot dot dot.
1: But then the chorus hits. It's so ace of bass. And it's like, yeah, it's like reggae through yes. Swedish pop of yeah. the 90s. I want to hear the
2: chorus again because okay. it really turned me for a loop in a great way.
3: Oh no, there you go.
1: Yeah.
2: I find her so interesting.
1: Yeah, tell because me more. Because
2: everything about her presentation is giving me throwbacks to mm. that 90s Latin explosion. You know, it was it was Ricky Martin and yep. JLo and Mark Anthony. And some of it felt cheesy. Mm-hmm. The way that Camila Cabello is doing it, it doesn't feel as cloying. Mm. You know, her last big single was Senorita yes. with her boyfriend Sean Mendez. Right. And in spite of the title of the song, yeah. they didn't overdo it. Yeah. And, like, even her previous big hit, Havana, it was definitely Latin explosion vibes, but it wasn't corny. I, I know what you mean. It's hard to explain it because there was some of that. I mean, like, think back to Ricky Martin. His, like, first burst onto the scene. Yes. It was cheesy. Yes.
1: <laughs> I'm right there living La Vida Loca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I see that. This is, dare I, I, I might use a word that's, Perhaps a little embattled, but it's it feels authentic. It feels
2: authentic, and and like not even to compare all Latinx artists to other Latinx artists, but there is a way that like the industry tries to package some of these folks, and for whatever reason, the the people around Camila Cabello are letting her feel authentic and
1: make these bops that work. And you know, on that note, if I were kind of making a, a intellectual. Stretch, which I'll go ahead and do. (laughs) Perhaps the lie that this song is concerned with is about these uh, borders when it comes to music and when it comes to Caribbean Latinx identity. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe recognizing that th- even the difference we're hearing between uh, the sort of reggae chorus uh-huh. and the more Cuban kind of yeah. verse and pre-chorus yeah. is as much a fiction of identity and colonialism as exactly. it is exposing how music travels in these oh yeah these music these travels byways exactly. yeah music travels well and,
2: and like if you think I mean like writ large, what does it mean to be Latinx? Mm. It can be any number of ethnicities, any number of skin tones, any number of musical backgrounds. Yeah. It's kind of, I'm not going to say Melting pot, but <laughs> you know, its it's a great big Salad of lots of ingredients.
1: Love it. It's a d- delicious salad. <laughs> so we should really move on, lest okay. this become the Camilla Cabello hour. And Which would be fine. <laughs> and yet, I, I, I do need to, to call in your expertise because if we go to the outro of this song, there's an instrument I think you'll be familiar with. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. That's good. Yeah. A little solo That's tenor sax yes. moment. I
2: long for the return of the killer saxophone solo in popular yeah. music. For a while, it was
1: everywhere. I'm just saying, Sam, if you wanted to like hit the karaoke bar and bring your horn, <laughs> you could do this whole song and then... Would you play the keys? Absolutely. Done. All right. Sign me up. Let's, let's get Camilla to come sing. All right. <laughs> good. Head down to Cape town Okay, moving on. Tyler, the creator, Earthquake. This recommendation comes from listener Alec J.
5: Hi, Nate and Charlie. I'm just talking about how I'm really loving the album Igor by Tyler, the creator. This is a really, really interesting album. It's a breakup album, uh, which I think can often be super one note and then maybe only sad or only really one emotion. But I think he really just, you kind of can see him go through all of the stages of grief in the album, you see him being angry, and you see him being sad and you see him being happy and you see him being confused. And I think there's just shows this sort of crazy amount of range and I've really been enjoying it recently.
1: Earthquake by Tyler the Creator. Have you heard this one before Sam? I have. Can I tell you my Tyler the Creator truth? Yes
2: tell me your truth. I don't understand that man. (laughs) I don't understand him and I've been like I have been a follower of his since he came on the scene Mm. many many years ago and you know when he first started out he was known for just making songs with some of the most incendiary lyrics that you could imagine Mm -hmm. and throughout his career I've always had a hard time trying to figure out exactly what he's trying to do. Yeah, And he's one of those young rappers that just makes me feel old.
1: I know. I, <laughs> I feel the same way. It's beguiling. I think he speaks to a slightly perhaps different generation yeah. than, than yeah. we belong to. Uh, this is maybe, on that note, maybe one of the first tracks of his that I... accessible. (laughs) Really can connect to, yeah. Yeah. Why do you like it? You know, I think what our listener Alec uh, wrote is is like kind of the emotion he's displaying Mm -hmm. on this album. This Mm -hmm. track might be a nice evidence of that. And I can really hear it in the chorus. He's singing about uh, an earthquake, which I guess is a metaphor for, you know, love or a breakup. And every time he does that chorus hits, there's this bass that is so intense that it, it creates the feeling of like, A heart, a quake, yeah, or a (laughs) heart heart quaking. That's that's more poetic, Sam. I'm I'm thinking of like a literal. I'm just thinking of driving in my car over to the studio to record this, feeling a shaking. And my yeah, my my rear view mirror is just like yeah. Yeah. I think it's a cool example of what we sometimes call text painting, where Mm. the music illustrates the meaning of the word. Yeah, song about an earthquake, and it literally quakes your speakers. Do
2: you know what it is about him? Yeah. His persona is that of like a jokester or a prankster, mm. but he's also giving you these very deep emotional messages.
1: Yeah, and I never know when to take him seriously. Yeah, if that makes sense. I think that makes sense, and and I again, I wonder if that's a generational thing. There's like a language seeped in irony that yes, the, yes, the kids, the are... kids get
2: it. It's like those whistles that only young people can hear. <laughs> That is Tyler, the creator. Yeah. Oh, my God. I thinking, there, there are many Tyler songs that I love. Yeah. Uh, and I find the trajectory of Odd Future entirely fascinating. Absolutely. Entirely
1: yeah. fascinating. And the numerous artists involved with in oh that. And so many. And the different routes they've taken. Sid, yeah. Frank, Tyler, there's more. It's, they're great. Moving on now to a heavy hitter
5: of pop. Hey, you've got John from Atlanta, Georgia. And I'd love to tell you why I love Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. You know, you've got Jack Adjanoff. You've got St. Vincent providing these incredible 80s style synths and guitar riffs and this explosive chorus that really kind of takes you away. All you need to do is get like 40 seconds of the song. Everyone is screaming the chorus talking about a new feeling, a new body, a blue feeling. Taylor Swift is enveloped in this love, this fiery, passionate, lust-filled experience with someone where she's worried that she may not even be able to keep this person, you know? She doesn't want to keep secrets just to keep them. She exclaims in the song, I love you. Ain't that the worst thing you've ever heard? You know, for me, I can just really relate to that, especially as someone in the LGBTQ plus community. I've had experiences where we're experiencing a lot together and all of a sudden I have this feeling in my head, I love you, but I can't say that because I'm scared that that might be the worst thing they've ever heard and it only creates a more impossible situation for me and this other person, just like Taylor exclaims in this song. Let's take a listen to Taylor Swift's cruel summer.
2: Yeah, that's it. I am the least likely individual to give Taylor Swift praise. Yeah. But she did what she had to do with this album. All right. It's she did what she had to do. Sam Sanders. I'm going to tell you what it is. Tell me. For the longest time, it felt like Taylor Swift would get older. Yeah. But her music would not. Mm. And she was making these songs that felt like notes you passed around in homeroom <laughs> freshman year of high school. <laughs> yeah and that worked for a minute but after a while i was like you're grown <laughs> yeah and this is the first album i've heard from her that feels like it is her age i love that and i also think that anytime you've got jack antonoff mm-hmm. guiding her album it's going right. to be great Yeah. one of my favorite albums of the last decade is probably lord's melodrama yes, yes. which is a jack antonoff and lord opus mm-hmm. And you hear his influence in this album as well. Totally. And Taylor is very good at this, and Lord's very good mm-hmm. at this. They never give all of themselves away yeah. to a co-writer. You can still hear the Taylor as well as the
1: Jack, especially on a song like this, Cruel Summer. I, I like it. Yeah. I love that analysis. I not only hear Antonov's influence, I hear Lords too. Yeah. The, yeah. the line um, our listener uh, John kind of called out here, uh, I love you. Ain't that the worst thing you ever heard? Yeah. That just feels like one of it's those so melancholy things. Like, I should be Lord, happy, but lines. I'm sad. Yeah. That's Lord.
2: <laughs> that is Lord, and we love it. Also, she does this thing, Taylor does, uh, and, yeah. it, and it's become kind of her trademark in the way that for years Rihanna would do the Ella, Ella, A. a, a. Mm. Taylor Swift does this little like, uptick, up jump on some of these notes that she bends up like a sing song, kind of killer yeah. kind of way. Hello. Devils
3: roll the dice, angels roll their eyes.
2: And then run the Rice? dice. And then the will She's the It is this cheerleader-esque, yeah. ooh, Mickey, you're huh. so fine, sing-songy thing yeah. that she began doing a few years ago and it graded on me. But now she's very good at doing it. And I'm like, okay, yeah.
1: That's interesting. So she's like perfected that. She's perfected the art that of device. being
2: Taylor Swift yeah. with <sighs> this album. I think the album itself is probably five or six tracks too long. But the ones that hit, no they hit. yeah. And it, it is interesting because for the longest time, Taylor Swift and the presentation of Taylor Swift has gone on my nerves. Yeah. And I don't know what You're happened. There. Yeah. No. Something happened to her after the whole Kanye Kim brouhaha. She kind of, I don't know, maybe she sat in a quiet room and thought some stuff out. But something mm. about her now feels extremely earnest and relatable in a way that it didn't feel before. So I'm, I'm not going to say I'm Taylor Stan. <laughs> but... Taylor, you did what you had to do. There we go. You're yeah. in- inching closer to it.
1: <laughs> thanks so much, John V., for that beautiful message. All right, from one pop-heavy hitter to another, let's move from Taylor Swift to the new song from Lana Del Rey, Ariana Grande, and Miley Cyrus, mm. Don't Call Me Angel. Uh, I won't. Trust. And then, <laughs> thanks to uh, listener John.
6: Hey, this is John from Baltimore, Maryland. I just wanted to call in and a little bit about why I'm really loving uh, don't call me angel so that song is just a total box I mean the production I think is amazing I love that like little bell sound in the background that do I don't know there's something really infectious about that particular part of the song and honestly I just love the fact that it's these three women at the top of their game collaborating together and it just feels very powerful um, and it reminds me of like songs from the past where uh, female artists would collaborate and make these big pop songs like uh, Bang Bang with Ariana Grande, uh, Jessie J, and Nicki Minaj, and then of course Lady Marmalade with uh, Christina, Maya, Pink, Little Kim. So I think that's why I'm really feeling it. Oh, no.
1: Sam yeah. Sam Gann is beside himself.
2: <sighs> Can I tell you, and uh, I don't know the, f- the, the listener that called in, yeah. but sorry to that man. John from Baltimore. Uh, John, we disagree. Yeah. I do not like this song. It feels like smoke and mirrors. Mm. You know, in the run up to the release of this song, everyone's like, there's going to be this big banging single for the new Charlie's Angel with yeah. three of the biggest women in pop. And I'm like, oh, I'm ready for this. Yeah. And then I listen, much ado about nothing. <sighs> It is this it like it it pretends like it it wants to be a good pop song. Mm. The drums are coming in, they're trying to they're trying to do it. You can tell that the the the, the production cost money. Uh. But nothing about this song lands. Nothing about the song sticks. Yeah. Does, the,
1: does this song stick to you? No, it doesn't. It doesn't stick for me. I mean, I'm wary of uh, you know, pushing back against John I from Baltimore. Know. John from Baltimore.
2: I, also, I'm sure that we would get along perfectly well in person, and I'm, I'm sorry I feel bad saying this, but I don't like the song.
1: I, I'm not sure I agree with the idea that this is a sort of throwback to Bang Bang or Lady Marmalade or even the original Charlie's Angels bop independent and women. Yeah. The difference here is that I don't hear these three singers really melding together in any way. It doesn't sound like, like they even
2: recorded together. Like If you can fast forward to the Lana verse... It literally sounds like she was in a different country recording. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, Lana, where are you at? The grave?
1: Lana missed her flight. <laughs>
2: lana where you at
1: <laughs> man lana's singing through a sheet right now while on quaaludes yeah
2: <laughs> i'm really sorry to john from baltimore i
1: john let me make it up to you well we we have a chance let's john also has some thoughts about lana well let's continue uh to hear from from john now
6: and i'm also just to comment as well Feeling Happiness as a Butterfly, which is exclusively just Lana's song, um, simply, I think, because the lyrical content of that song is so precise and so beautiful, and it really captures, in my opinion, what I think is the essence of happiness. It is a fleeting moment, and we just have to learn to cherish it and remember that it's not always going to be there, but when it does come, it's something to um, to really hold a lot of value.
1: Let's listen to Happiness is a Butterfly by Lana Del Rey.
6: Happiness
3: is a butterfly Try to catch it like every night It escapes from my hands into moonlight Every day is a lullaby I'm at on the phone like every night singing for my babies on the tour If he's a serial killer, then what's the
2: word? The specificity Uh of Lana Del Rey's lyrics cut to the bone. Yeah. Cut Mm -hmm. to the bone. Some of the songs, kind of like the other songs, and she likes to stay in that place. Right. But when she goes to that place, place. she can occupy it so well. It really is so beautiful to see her stay in the game long enough to really hit her stride. Because you'll recall, when she started out, everyone just trashed her. And said, What is going on? What is she doing? And now, with this album especially, you're like, Oh, she knows exactly mm-hmm. what she's doing.
1: This is maybe my chance to get back on John from Baltimore's Good Side because okay. I maybe was similar to you. I, I listened to this album when it came out and it kind of, I didn't really get it. But then, after John called in, I really listened to this track carefully, probably for the first time, uh-huh. just uninterrupted, just yeah. focused. And like you said, it really got to me. It really. The specificity of her lyrics, like you said, and the close miking, the vulnerability, because you're oh, like yeah. hearing every, like her lips almost yeah. like separating oh, yeah. and yeah. like even maybe a little bit of like spittle in yeah. her mouth or something. It's like, whoa, it's very intimate. Yeah. If he's
3: as bad as they say, then I guess I'm
0: cursed. Looking into his eyes, I think he's already hurt. He's already hurt
2: the moral of Lana Del Rey's story is that she is hurt and you're hurt too. Mm. And like everything that she does is tapping into this lingering not quite melancholy but maybe perhaps mm. but, and and like she lives there in this way that lets you kind of live there with her too. And I, it's just relatable and it's hard it's hard to explain but like she made the album that was like perfect for her to make.
1: Yeah. Which is perhaps the exact same reason that it doesn't work on. Yeah. don't call me angel.
2: Exactly, because yeah. that's not her vibe. I will say was this album from Lana it was also a Jack Antonoff production.
1: That's right. Yes. Wow. He is. He's the, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, the hand behind the wheel yeah. of modern pop.
2: You know, we tried to book him on the show a year or two ago. and yeah. couldn't get him. But I'm really interested in what it means to be a man making pop music right now with such powerful women. Yeah. You know, Taylor.
1: Lord Lana, St. Vincent. Vincent
2: yeah. He's helped make all of their last few albums.
1: That's a fascinating position to be in. Yeah. All right. Sam, I hope you get him on your show because I really want to hear the answer oh, to that. Yeah. If I get him, you're going to come on with me. All we're right. See you talking. there. Yeah. So at this point, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to turn our focus away from the top of the pop charts to some of the more fringe music that our, our listeners are hearing right now. We're back with Sam Sanders, and we're listening to your favorite tracks of the moment. Let's move right along into an artist I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. This is a track from King Princess called Prophet, and here to tell us about it is listener Steve G. Hey, switched on pop.
7: This is Steve from Oakland. I'm calling because I can't get King Princess's "Profit" out of my head. It's that groovy, repetitive chorus, which sounds like a motor struggling to start up and those lyrics in which every phrase and every thought ends in you. The song's like a meditation on obsession. No wonder it's stuck in
1: my head. Let's hear this meditation and obsession. Where is she from? I'm not sure where King Princess is from. I know she was a student at the USC Thornton School of Music where I teach until she dropped out. This whole
2: song is really in the pocket.
1: This is a song that to me belongs to a sub of songs, as you say, in the pocket. They kind of like stop time in a way. Yeah! I was listening to this and... It just sort of soundtracks your world it's like everything starts to move in time to it someone biking by in perfect uh-huh. rhythm someone yelling on their phone in time to yeah. the beat you're like oh yeah this and then it's over and you're like that could have been a minute or 20 I, yeah. i'm not totally sure yeah.
2: now she's affiliated with mark ronson and i actually heard her uh, on the new mark ronson album because she has a track on there yeah. with him and he's really interesting to me because he he does these collabo albums every few years right just finds new people and says oh you come show yourself to the world yeah and it's like i don't know i like her already but with mark ronson's like stamp of approval i'm like i know i'm gonna love whatever she does
1: imprimatur yeah this is definitely an artist on the come up i'm glad we got to listen to a track thanks steve g for bringing it to our attention moving right along another artist this is now we're fulfilling some items on our 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 wish list here things that we've been meaning to talk about for a while one of those artists is kim petrus and here to recommend her track hillside boys is our very own producer megan lubin
4: hello this is megan and i'm here to tell you about kim petrus uh, Kim is a singer and songwriter from Germany. Uh, she makes electronic dance pop. So think Charlie XCX, think Tovlo, those kinds of artists. Um, I first discovered Kim earlier this summer when a friend sat me down to watch her song Hillside Boys. There's this video of her doing it live in New York, and it's just her and a single acoustic guitar for accompaniment. And I was struck by two things right away. So one is that she's a really emotive performer. When she sings, you can see it in her face and hands. And I just loved how she put her whole body into this song. I think when the vast majority of the music we listen to is recorded and streamed, it's really easy to forget that the way that an artist physically is on stage can actually pull you in as much or even more than the music. The second thing that I noticed is that in this video, she belts out the song so intensely that she has to continuously catch her breath throughout the performance. And through it all, she's just about perfectly on pitch, all while nearly shouting this song. It is so earnestly and convincingly performed. From there, I found her song's Heart to Break and I Don't Want It All, which have streamed a cumulative 47 million times on Spotify. She is a fide pop goddess. I love her. I think she just put out a Halloween album. Who does that? I don't know. Anyway, Kim Petras. Check her out. Thanks, guys.
1: Let's spin a little bit of Hillside Boys.
2: Cool. Yeah. You know what it is. It's like this song could be
1: cheesy, Uh but her earnestness makes it work. Wow. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) I think that, I think you hit the nail on the head. This is like, Pop with a capital P and a capital O and another capital P. This is mall pop. This is mall pop. (laughs) (laughs) Where's Tiffany? Yeah, just uh, a genre that, like the mall itself, you might think is dying, but here's Kim Petrus bringing it back. Yes, and everyone loves a good mall. Yeah, and I think you're right. It works because her voice just, there's no room for for you not to be
2: convinced. Hillside boys, you call my name. You make my heart sparkle like champagne. Mm. You break my love machine. It only works when she sings it. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we can't we're not expecting a, a Sam Sanders no. remix of no, this no, uh, no. of the
2: song. I will say I began to play her Halloween album last night. It's very Halloween-ish. All
1: right, there we yeah, go. Yeah. So we're not we won't listen to it here, but if you're <laughs> feeling in a spooky mood, yeah, yeah. go out and check it out. Let's wrap up uh, before we turn the mic over to you, Sam, for your your own uh recommendation on what to listen to. We've got one more selection here uh from Zach Mack and he's been oh, listening Zach to the podcast
2: where I know Zach. Hi, yes. Zach.
1: <laughs> he's been listening to an artist called IDK and he recommends the track uh Porno. <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed at that.
7: <laughs> hey what's up guys? Zach Mack here. I wanted to recommend IDK's new album, Is He Real? And I heard this album and I immediately was just like really interested it kind of has like an ADHD style where there's these moments with really aggressive abrasive hip-hop lyrics and sounds and beats and then moments oftentimes in the same song where it'll just like chill out and become really melodic and change. Uh, There's this song Porno with Pusha T. The song's only three minutes and 22 seconds and just in that short time it feels like you're listening to four or five different songs. It really kind of changes up pace and tempo and energy and even the beat. So like everything will change about this song in, in the middle of the song several times. And it and it just, it, the album in general just takes you on a ride. It has really weird and interesting skits and throws a lot of curveballs at you. I just, I had a lot of fun listening to it. Check it out. Your strawberry lemonade lips make a blood pressure go drip, drip, drip As what is the devil like 666 As what is the devil like
2: 666 When I got you on my mind, ain't no room for a thought When you layin' on my chest, ain't no room for my heart Girl, you know we wastin' time like tick, tick, tick Girl, you suckin' up my time like tick, tick, tick The Bible say and killing is equal. But that don't add up, Cause the amount of times that I milk my sh probably be considered serial. Them cocoa puff titty balls make a nigger balls fall inside of a jaws while a draw's fall odd like a nightstand in a earthquake caused by the back. This is like the kids in the band hall after the band director has left rehearsal and they just keep jamming on <laughs> their own making stuff up. But I like it.
1: Yeah, I, I similarly, I'm I'm really uh, this really strikes me. This is like something I, I feel like I need to go back and listen to a yeah. few times. It's all over the place. It's funny. It also seems really honest at points and is really like tackling addiction. Um, I also love it. Yeah, and and this has been a thing that I've noticed in
2: hip hop albums for the last several years. There'll be these songs that start one way and all of a sudden become a different song Mm, in the midst of the track. Yeah,
1: I love that. We we hear that uh, perhaps on a a track like "Sicko Mode" by Yeah, it's like three different songs. Yeah.
2: And I am just so into it. And I wonder if part of that speaks to the shortened attention span that our smartphones and the internet and social media and streaming has given us. Perhaps, but yeah. But, like, they mix it up every minute or so.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like watching uh, a series of TikTok videos yes. turned into a single pop yes. song. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I'm into it. All right. IDK. I want to check them out. All right. Thank you, Zach Mack. We have more listener suggestions that, uh, unfortunately, we just don't have time to cover here. But they're all great. So we'll make a playlist and we'll share that in the show notes of this podcast. At this point, Sam, let's turn it over to you. I'm so curious to know what you have been listening to lately.
2: Yes. So I have been low-key obsessed with this artist named Jai Paul for years. He came onto the scene... Five or six years ago, with this breakout single that was on all the year-end best-of lists, it's called BTSTU TU. And the song was big. People loved it, and everyone was like, "Where's a Jaipal album?" Yeah, he got signed to uh, XL Records. Oh sure, a, yeah. and, So this was a, XL Records. They're yeah, they're responsible for some big indie acts, and the thinking was, Jaipal is going to be the next big thing. Uh-huh. He is this. Indian, British, R&B, funk, dubstep artist whose music is wonderfully post-genre wow. and just transcendent. But what happens is, uh-huh. after BTS to You is a big single, um, his album or mixtape is leaked online. Uh-oh. And it's only available online for two or three days before it's pulled. Hmm. And then Jai Paul says, My brother leaked it. He wasn't supposed to. You weren't oh, no. supposed to hear that. Leave me alone. Yeah. And for years, the only way to find these songs is through weird roundabout SoundCloud Vimeo links. And there was this small cult following that would just seek out these Jai Paul songs that were never actually released. Flash forward to 2019. Yeah. He releases the whole thing. Wow. And he calls it leak. 0413 <laughs>
1: <0-4-13. laughs> oh my god wait
2: <laughs> yeah what a story full of family drama and twists oh, yeah, and turns yeah and so we never figure out if he wanted it all to be this way or, yeah. it, or if his brother oh. actually duped him but I want to huh. play one of the songs from the album that speaks to how he is just entirely post-genre in a good way the song is called Straight Out of Mumbai great oh future fun and it's got a little banger in there too so good <laughs> and so the whole thing about this whole mixtape yeah and, and it comes to even now he never finished the final mix so you hear the bass is really heavy yeah some of the levels are distorted some of the things come in and out it sounds real choppy totally a little unfinished, unfinished yeah on purpose it's so good though
1: i know and 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 it works because it's got this like say yes philosophy it's like yeah do you want a, a Bangra sample yeah. at the top of this yes, yes. <laughs> do you want like video game sounds yes. uh dispersed yes do you want weird glitches that make you think yeah. the song is stopping but then it goes yeah. again yes do you want a saxophone here we go yes, yes. yes. yeah <laughs> Just- so yeah
2: this is the this is the first full track on the album uh, the next one that i love is a track called genevieve from the same album also all of these songs have unfinished in the title so the official huh. title of this song is genevieve Unfinished. Wow. Can we hit that one? This one's going to blow your mind, Nate. It's going to blow
1: your mind. I'm ready.
3: I'm ready. Not like the way you can let shoot They're you anymore That's why I'm
7: better than you why don't you come back to me? Why don't you even chat to me? Let's go back to how Raui stay.
2: Woo! What is happening?
1: Ooh. It's future funk. That is wild. You know, I feel like I've been looking for an artist to fill the void left by Prince for some time. This is it. You hear I, this? There's elements it's of so that in here. Funky. And it's fat you know, for a long time in pop, I feel like there was this desire to make your music as meticulous and perfectly engineered mm-hmm. and flawless as possible. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this represents another approach that we're seeing yeah. more. Keep it rough, rough, unfinished. Yes. It
2: gives me Basement Jaxx vibes. Mm. There were there was a lot of stuff on like the first two Basement Jaxx albums that it it sounded like they just threw everything in the blender. Yeah. And we're like, what is this going to sound yeah. like? <laughs> I like that, and Jai Paul's kind of doing that. Yeah, this like is really cool. There's sense, there's vocal, there's this. It's, it's, it's all just like this wonderful mashup. And you can just hear his talent. Like He's a musician.
1: Yeah. Sam, thank you so much for putting Jai Paul on our radar. I'm definitely going to be listening to this record more. Oh, yeah. And I'll be looking forward to, to whatever comes out next. Oh, yeah. This has been so much fun. I, I love this. I can't thank you enough for, for joining us today. Let's do it again sometime. Done. Thank you to everyone who wrote, called in with uh, a recommendation. If you didn't make it on the show, we still so appreciate it. And we're gonna throw up a playlist of all these songs in our show notes. Go check out Sam Sanders' fantastic NPR podcast, It's Been A Minute. You can hear it on your radio dial or anywhere you get podcasts. Switched On Pop is produced by me, Nate Sloan, and Charlie Harding. We're engineered by Brandon McFarland and Megan Lubin is our production fellow. We had special engineering help today from NPR West's own Josh Newell. Thank you so much, Josh. The executive producers of Switched on Pop are Liz Nelson and Nishat Kirwa, and we're a member of the Vox Media Network. You can find more episodes anywhere you get podcasts. We'll be back in another week with a hot new episode. And until then, thanks for listening. Should I apologize once more to John from Baltimore? (laughs) (laughs)
2: I'm
0: sorry, man.